This episode contains strong amounts of homophobic, transphobic, and white supremacist language. Listener discretion is advised. Howdy, howdy, folks, and welcome back to another episode of So Stereotypical, where us two media creators discuss LGBTQ plus issues, media politics, and whatever else we feel like. I'm one of your hosts, Alexander Prevost. And I'm Noah Dayheim. And today we are going to be discussing the onslaught of legislation seen in state legislatures across the Midwest and South that are targeting LGBTQ plus peoples, particularly as it pertains to drag performances, school spaces, and gay marriage? Question mark? Question mark? But before we get yeah. into question <laughs> question mark? <laughs> gay marriage i thought we i thought this was i thought this battle had been won no 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 no, it has not not at all um but before we get started today make sure to follow the pod on all socials you can find me on uh instagram and twitter at alexander prvst at alexander prvst and you can find me on tiktok and instagram and letterboxd at n-o-a-h-d-a-h-e-i-m that's at noah dayheim and you can also follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at so stereotypical underscore pod. All right. And now the episode. Noah, before we get started, what are just your thoughts on the ons- the recent onslaught? I feel like I feel like that's the right word. Onslaught. The recent um attack on queer rights and trans rights in the last year or so. What are your thoughts? Ooh. Well, <laughs> it sure as hell been a lot. I mean, that's to <laughs> say the least. You have the the Texas uh, Republicans, the, the, the official GOP in Texas, making it part of their bible almost part of their their rules and regulations that they want to ban gay marriage because it is a it's unholy in their eyes it's it's full of sin and it's um it's it's not normal i think that's kind of more along the lines of the wordage that they use down there and the thing is they they have people part of the republican party down there that are gay so i don't know that's just one thing that i'm like if we're seeing it in one state we're seeing it in two we're seeing it all across the board even in some liberal states there are still very homophobic bills and stuff that are being passed and it is just sad seeing us take 50 steps back <laughs> it's almost like we're oh, going yeah. back 50 years we're we're going back yep and we're seeing <laughs> a whole hell of a lot of hate and yeah it's it's just not fun to witness <laughs> it's, a, it's very mentally taxing I yeah i feel like it, it feels yeah. like it's something I'm- every day Oh, absolutely. I saw this tweet from uh, their Twitter username was uh, Debbie Jackson on Twitter. Uh, I screenshotted this and sent it to my mom earlier. And she was like, Jesus fucking Christ. But this is what it says. If you live in Alabama, California, Delaware, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New York, or Pennsylvania, congrats. You live in a state that has not introduced anti-LGBTQ legislation in 2023. 
we are only three months into this bitch. (laughs) We're barely three months into this. And already the amount of homophobic and hateful bills that are not just being introduced, but being passed and signed into law that fast. I am telling you, that's 10 states. Over 50% of the United States has introduced or attempted to pass in some capacity a homophobic or transphobic law. That is absurd. That is insane. And before we do go into these bills and dissect this, I feel like I would like to make a statement, a value, uh, not just not just a value statement, but a statement for our viewers and for ourselves in this conversation so we can hold ourselves accountable. When we are discussing these bills and discussing these issues, the most important thing we can do is try to keep this as like, yes, this is part of the platform of the Republican Party. And yes, these are the hallmarks of right wing mentality. But we should not be thinking about this in terms of binary policies, because, yes, there are also left leaning people or left of center people that are not the most favored to- or not the most favorable towards LGBTQ rights. They might advocate for things like workers rights. They might advocate for things like racial justice, but still utilize a lot of homophobia or transphobia in their personal lives even if it's from a performative stance of being an activist and then in your own personal life being a bigot. So I want to be very clear that we need to be approaching this conversation. While, yes, these bills are being passed predominantly by a right-wing group, a, a singular party, we should not be approaching this from a partisan stance. This truly should be a conversation about the laws themselves and the impacts they're having and why this is happening. Because this is a systemic issue, not a party issue. It's all bad. The world is going to shit. We're all going to die. And (laughs) the only things left on this little tiny fucking marble that we call a planet that we call home are going to be little fucking cockroaches just crawling over our dead bodies. And Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's also a cockroach. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was implied in there. (laughs) She, she is, she, I, 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 if anyone is going to outlive the apocalypse, it's going to be Marjorie Taylor Greene. I, and I'll give for that woman credit. She's a doomsday prepper at her core, probably. I would give that woman credit. I'm sure she would do a great job, too. I was at a coffee shop this week, and I shit you not, I had to grab my partner and be like, tell me that is not Marjorie Taylor Greene right there. <laughs> and why would it, she be I have no fucking idea why would she be here of I, all places? I have no idea <laughs> but like it took us like five minutes to be like okay wait that's not that's not Marjorie Taylor Green. that's not that can't be but yes so where do we begin on I would say this new wave of homophobic and transphobic bills that are being passed because homophobic and transphobia has existed for ever and homophobic and transphobic bills have been introduced and passed forever. I personally, this is my opinion, uh, and I want to hear what you think about this. I think that this new wave started with the don't say gay bill in Florida last year Mm. or with the rise of the new Republican Party. I feel like it's kind of hand in hand a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? 
I agree to an extent. I think the don't say gay bill, the stop woke act as it is known in law is a, I think it was the catalyst. Oh, terrible name. For those of our listeners at home that don't know like the stop, like the name stop woke act, the term like woke in the name of the bill is an acronym. W-O-K-E. Wrongs to our kids and employers, but the T and the A. I'm just gonna be honest. Is is it should be it should be the Stop Watoke Act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay, sh- okay, sure. Um, l- but listen, with the I think the Stop Woke Act is a I think it's a catalyst. I do think it's a catalyst, but I don't think I think it's a lot more complex of an issue than simply Republican Party decided to do this. I think Agreed. I th- I think in the last I think this I do think this issue started with Obergefell. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I think this started with Obergefell v. Hodges, the uh the 2015 Supreme Court case that legalized gay marriage across the United States. I think for now f- for for now. <laughs> Fuck my drag. Um but I think with the passage of that Supreme Court decision, I think anti-queer, anti-trans people, I think that decision was a turning point. And the reason why is because it motivated a lot of anti-queer, anti-trans individuals to get involved in the, like, more fervently against the fight against queer and trans liberation in the United States. Yeah. I think they saw that big decision from the national big government level, you know, as people that believe in small government, which is bullshit. Most of them are uh, just as authoritarian as the Democratic Party are. And authoritarian is in, like, big government, not, you know, authoritarian, libertarian as in, like, political terms, not authoritarian as in totalitarian, you know. But... They're just as authoritarian as, you know, any other, you know, mainstream left-leaning person would be. But I do think that they saw that as a threat and got more fervent in response to that. I also think a factor in that is the fact that once gay marriage was passed, a big chunk of activists in the queer liberation movement said, okay, I'm done. Yeah, I got what I wanted. I got my what I wanted because listen, a lot of privileged white cis gays got were really in the fight for gay marriage because it directly impacted them. The one privilege that they could not have because yeah, they could perform in drag. They probably had the like higher likelihood. They have a higher likelihood than most queer people that are of non-binary trans or are people of color. They have a higher likelihood of maintaining secure jobs and higher paying jobs. They have a higher likelihood of being successful in the capitalist sense. They have more job security, more financial security, more medical security, more likelihood to get a, be like considered viable parents to adopt or be surrogates, you know, more access to more equitable housing. So they saw gay marriage as the one thing that they could not have, got very involved in the fight. And then once they got it, they checked out. Mm-hmm. And that left a huge, huge bunch of our community behind, especially when it comes to other issues that they are that are not equitable for queer and trans people, including those white cis gays yeah. like Medicare, 
like the medical industry. It's it's insane. Or adoption issues or inner or religious, you know, abuse. Those issues are very much still a prevalent systemic issue that goes beyond gay marriage. Exactly. But that's what we had to fight for in order to be seen as valid by the straights. And once we got that, we stepped our foot off the pedal and started fighting other battles, which was, again, a huge mistake. And I do think it is because the recent rise of popularity of programs like RuPaul's Drag Race. I think yeah, the um. response to a lot of these programs like RuPaul's Drag Race, like seeing Queer Eye in the mainstream again, seeing a lot more visibly platformed queer and trans stories has pushed people to respond as Hollywood's gone woke. We need to stop this. Protect our kids. It's too much. Yeah. So I think... To me, those are the big three facets that triggered the catalyst, which was the don't say gay bill, in my understanding. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think... That was a long-winded answer. I am so sorry. Oh, oh, good. I I agree. I think after Obergefell, there was a lot of behind-closed-doors conversations, especially on the far right, talking about okay, they just did this. What can we do to undo this? So yeah, I think you're right. I I, I think then that was a build up to the shit show that we see now. So you you, you you want to talk about the shit show? Yeah. So you, you kind of mentioned the Stop Woke Act or the Don't Say Gay Bill, House Bill 1557, for those of you who are nerds like me who like looking up bills. That bill, we are, we already have an episode on that, so you can go back and listen to that. Um, episode two. Where we get really in-depth about, um, we get pretty in-depth about it. The bill uh, requires each district uh, school board to adopt procedures for notifying a student's parent if there is a change in services or monitoring related to the student's mental health emotion or physical health and well-being okay that's long-winded what does that mean it means if a student wants to go by uh, different pronouns than what is on the class registered list if they have a preferred name if they even have a nickname that they go by Say your name's Joshua and you want to go by Josh. Okay. That then requires the teachers to notify the parents. Well, they notify the uh, the office first and the office will notify the parents about it. And they have to get approval from the parents' side for that to go through. Okay, that's just one part of the bill. What else does the bill do? It also bans education on the discussion of sexual orientation. Or how they put it, they also put it this way. It bans education on sexuality, education or discussion on sexually explicit material and sexual orientation. What does this mean? What the far right has been doing is been calling basically homosexuality as sexually explicit as we'll get into it in a minute drag is sexually explicit that is that's not my words that's the words of your senators that you put into office so this bill is just 
it, it's horrible, but it goes even more in depth, uh, Alexander. <laughs> in a January 21st uh, press release from this year, state senator uh, for the 24th district of Florida, uh, Bobby Powell, he was a state senator. Um, he said in the press release, quote, essentially prohibit the bill itself essentially prohibits instruction on race relations or diversity that imply a person's status is either privileged or oppressed is necessarily determined by her, his or her race, color, national origin, or sex. The bill also bans schools and workplaces from subjecting any student or employee to training or instruction that espouses, promotes, advance, inculcates, or compels such individuals to believe specified concepts constitutes discrimination on race, color, sex, or national origin. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what the bill, the, the language of the bill bans conversations around oppressed identities, marginalized identities, out of fear that it will make white people f- or straight people feel guilty, which is the problem, right? Because anyone. That's who, the problem. <laughs> that, like, like. That's the problem, right? Is guilt. We found God it. For, God, guys, I figured it out. The problem, white guilt. That's the problem, everyone. Christ. <laughs> These people are afraid of making their kids uncomfortable. So they make a bill like this, which bans kids and bans conversations that promote uncomfortability. But uncomfortability and uncomfortable spaces are the things that cause us to change the most. A diamond is not made without pressure. Beautiful things cannot come without some hard work. And the labor of understanding oneself and understanding others, even if they're different from you, that's a that's a labor of love. That's hard. That's not easy. That's uncomfortable. But we shouldn't be straying we should be straying away from the uncomfortability. Yeah. Because to confront our own biases, while that can be painful and admitting your blind spots, it's also a real and valid thing. And it's important work. That was a amazing recap on the Stop Woke Act or Act or the Don't Say Gay Bill. I think it's time to get into what the fuck happened this week in Tennessee. Oh um, my fucking god! Jesus Christ! So Tennessee this week became the first state. To ban all drag performances. There's more to it, uh, but it was signed into law on March 2nd by good old boy Governor Bill Lee. So, this is not the only state to uh, even introduce legislation uh, to ban drag performances. There's a whole bunch of states, including Texas, Idaho, Montana, West Virginia, Nebraska, and South Carolina, just to name a couple of them, that are all on the same path to ban drag. They define drag in the bill as female or male impersonation. What are your thoughts on that, Alexander? Uh, Well... Technically, that is correct, as mm-hmm. the art of drag is rooted in impersonate. It, a lot of the origins of drag are rooted in opposite or different gender impersonation. So, yeah, that is technically correct. But I, I, I do think the bill itself uses a lot of antiquated language and understanding of drag because drag as an art form has 
changed and evolved like any form of art like music it's evolved so much that it's i i would i think it's more accurate to refer to drag as high gender artistry high gender performance and that could mean a lot of things but you know we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of that detail but the specific use language in the bill or the in the bill of using the term female or male impersonation is very, very dangerous mm-hmm. because it must needs be remarked that transphobes and TERFs, especially TERFs, are people that believe trans people to be male and female impersonators. Exactly. And that is fucking scary. Because mm-hmm. now, now this bill won't just be weaponized against drag performers, drag queens, drag kings, drag things, drag monsters. It's also going to be used against trans people. And that's yeah. fucking scary. That's, I am very curious about how this is going to pan out over the next couple of years. The bill was literally just signed into law. And I can't imagine how terrifying this must be for people part of the queer community who are living in Tennessee or living in any of those other states that I mentioned because they're next. Those states are going to do the same thing. They are going to ban, quote, female or male impersonation. So... Because we have such old and old and stupid people who are running our states and our countries, they they don't know. They don't understand one. They don't understand drag, and two, they don't understand trans identities. Just retire, move on with your life. It's not that important. You don't care about serving the people. Exactly. Stop. They do not care about serving the people. That I love that phrase. All they care about are themselves, their own religious beliefs, uh, however fucked up those religious beliefs are. And they care about the donor money that they receive that they just pocket. And then in the dark money they, they receive the just out of out of wherever uh, that leads the them to that leads them to then vote how they are voting a lot of these people do not believe what they are voting on they don't believe in what they are voting on they are voting on it because somebody donated to them 10 grand 20 grand however much exactly and let's let's look at the language of the bill for a second because people are i i can imagine some listeners are being like okay well it's not that bad it's it can't be that bad (laughs) right for all you lukewarm fence sitters out there who don't think this bill is as bad as it is let me read out for you in plain language the bill's actual text this bill defines adult cabaret performance to mean a performance in a location other than an adult cabaret that features topless dancers, go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to prurient interests or similar entertainers, regardless of whether or not performed for consideration. Mm-hmm. Now, 
You might be thinking, Alexander, what does that mean? Male and female impersonators, go-go dancers, that makes sense, right? The go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, those are all sex workers. And you are correct. Those are sex workers. And I would like to posit a groundbreaking statement. Sex work is not meant for children. Shocking, I know. Sex work is valid. It is also needs to be remarked that age-appropriate content, right? So, what's the problem here? The problem is that we're mixing sex work with drag. They're not just mixing drag with sex work. They are mixing the LGBTQ community as a whole with sex work. Which, again, which is what we talked about in episode two, which is the idea that a lot of these conservative individuals believe the idea of being queer as inherently sexual that if you have because the because the word sex is in the term sexuality that means that there's a level of horniness to it which is not true at all because your sexuality is more than just who you have sex with right it's who you love it's how you express yourself it's the gender performance it's your sexual identity performance as it were your queerness as it were and to conflate that with sex work is inherently problematic because not only does it devalue people involved in the sex work industry, this is inherently a problematic, flawed worldview that flattens these things and flattens queer and trans identities. It's just not productive. But it gets worse (laughs) because not only are you defining drag as an inherently sexual art form, Amendment 1 of the act says... Adult, quote, it, it changes the language of the original bill to, quote, say, adult-oriented performances that are harmful to minors. And that means, quote, that quality of any description or representation in whatever form of nudity, sexual excitement, sexual conduct, excess violence, or sadomasochistic abuse when the matter of performance in Section 3, quote, says, taken as a whole, lacks serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific values to minors. Now, again, this bill should sound like common sense. Like, yes, I agree. Not everything is for children. Like, having your, you know, D-sized breastplates out at, you know, Hamburger Mary's during a 6 p.m. matinee show all ages when, you know, Becky and her three kids are in the audience is not appropriate. Should that be made illegal? No. Fuck no. We should be criminalizing people for it. But, you know, it's just common sense decency. And for all those people listening, don't bring your kids to adult drag shows. Read the posters. Read the posts. This is on you because careless parents who bring their kids to drag shows are going to like are literally going to are putting us at risk. Like, yeah. like and then someone's going to record it and then we're going to get dinged for it while you got walked away being like, oh, my kids went to a drag show and you can take your kids to a drag show. That's what the all ages performances are for. That's what they invented the greatest showman's soundtrack for. OK, this is me. Hello. Go to drag number for a drag queen performing at Hamburger Mary's at the 6 p.m. matinee so, show. What I find interesting about the female or male impersonation uh, aspect of, of this whole thing is that there's constantly 
other types of impersonation too. There's imper- you can be impersonating a superhero. You can be impersonating a princess and all of that because there there are companies that hire those people to come to events and be a Disney princess or an impersonator. So is that type okay? So then when those children are like, I want to be a princess too. What, what what's going on there it, then is that part of this bill as well that because it's changing how the minors might think what right. what what's going on there's just this bill is so loose and just such a piece of shit <laughs> that's the point though like again you would think that a bill that says plainly, like, any description of sexual, like, act or nudity in front of children should be outlawed. And, like, you would think, hey, that's common sense. But when you actually look at the context of the bill, that specific, very, that very specific language is a, it's an anomaly in the bill. Because the bill itself uses very loose language. Again, male and female impersonation, what does that mean? It's loose language. It's yeah. designed, and again, the section three of that amendment saying taken as a whole lacks serious literary, artistic, or political scientific values to minors. That's a catch-all term. That yeah. gives anyone, anyone with a remote of semblance and power that is not queer, that is not part of this identity, part of this identity or community as drag performers or trans people. It gives them any any of the po- it gives power to the opposition. Mm-hmm. It gives them the power to say, "Oh, I don't think this has any value." So yeah. let's revoke, let's get, let's arrest them. And that's the problem with this bill. Again, I am not advocating. I don't think any person involved in queer rights liberation and trans rights liberation fighting for the sanctity and protection of queer and trans art drag. No one is advocating that children should be going out to a show where people's tits are out. No exactly. one is advocating for that. Exactly. What we are saying is that our art is not inherently sexual. It's not. Because being gay, being trans, being bi is not inherently sexual. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I would say the same thing for your kids to go to Hooters. Don't take your kids to Hooters. <laughs> because they're tits And around. there are, there are people that fucking do it. There's people and it's that so fucking annoying. do it. What the fuck? So you'll Anywho. advocate... Anywho, it's just what it's I annoying. find. I think it, you you have to find amusement where you can, right? Yeah. Where I find the most amusement is the fact that Governor Bill Lee of of Tennessee, oh great, uh, was caught in drag in a yearbook photo from 1977 where he is on school property in drag. Let's go ahead and listen to hear what Governor Lee had to say about this. He got very confrontational about it. <laughs> very good. Here we go. You remember God. dressing in drag in 1977, Governor? Remember this? What a ridiculous, ridiculous question that is. It? Conflating something like that to sexualized entertainment in yeah. front of children, which drag is a is very not, serious subject. Drag is not sexual. I love what that reporter said at the end. Drag is not sexual. 
It's not. Drag is not sexual. And and Bill Lee seems to believe that it is. Bill, uh, that, that's what he said. He said sexualized material in front of children. What but, you're calling drag queen story hour where it's drag princesses, princes, whatever. You're calling drag story hour sexually explicit material? Like, they're literally in the most conservative outfits, or, like, even then, like, if it's a little revealing, I mean, look, kids go to the beach all the time. Are we saying we need to ban bikinis and G-strings now, too? Like, Oh, the Republican men wouldn't love that, would they? (laughs) No, they would not. They certainly wouldn't, you know? I can tell tell you what's actually hurting kids. The Nazi propaganda that's showing up all over Tennessee. shit. Go for it. Go in. Go in, please. That's what's hurting the children is so all over Tennessee, there's been Nazi propaganda popping up left and right that says, thank you, Bill Lee, for tirelessly working to fight, insert T-slur here, and fags. (laughs) We must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children, end quote, with a photo of of Tennessee with a swastika in the middle. These far-right groups that Bill Lee is not working for the good of the people. Bill Lee is working for the far-right groups. Bill Lee is working for the Proud Boys, for the Oath Keepers, for the Nazis. That's literally, he is going along with their handbook saying, ha ha, we're going to get rid of the, we're going to get rid of the queerness. He bought his own lie. At some, I think at some point, a lot of these politicians go from not caring and being and just being in it for the money to like actually buying their own lies. And I think that's what's happening with Bill. Yeah, Lee. we saw it happen. We've seen it happen in real time with fucking Ron DeSantis, and now it's well, we've seen it in real time. I think with Trump too, with the with the twenty twenty oh, yeah. election. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Th- this is a whole different thing, but politicians believing their own lies you say i won the election you're going to keep saying you won the election you're going to make up all of this fake shit to keep saying you won the election and then eventually you get into the headspace that i actually did win the election everybody else is (laughs) lying to me i'm just i'm not insane i promise i'm not insane you're insane anyways i i digress that was just one state that was just tennessee Well, on the national level, as we've seen in a lot of other states, we've been seeing a lot of book bans on the national level. Marjorie Taylor Greene and George Santos got together to sign up for uh, for a House resolution, House Resolution 863, that essentially would ban books from queer authors. Um, It it says banning books... uh, published that are that have sexually explicit material well how they define sexually explicit materials anything to do with the lgbtq community including if the author is queer or if the characters or if there's a single character in the book that is queer it would remove funding for a school if the school has a book that has something like that uh or I think public libraries too also fit under this scope. Don't quote me on that last one. I, I'm not <laughs> totally sure if it's uh, public uh, libraries as well. But George Santos 
is gay <laughs> and is fighting against the queer community. We we already talked about this already. We talked about this already. Exactly. Is, is George Santos may be gay, but he's not queer. All I'm going to say is that at the end of the day, we are all fucked. Yeah. And to fight against your own interests for the sliver of validation that you are part of the in-group is a lie. It is so fucking exhausting to see that shit. And I am pissed as fuck. Yeah. It's it's not fun. It's not. And it's no. not fun to read about this stuff. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, it feels like this is happening every single day. It feels like we get a new everywhere every single it day. Like I said, we're in the third month of this year and we are already seeing these bills being passed and signed into law. It is asinine that all of this is happening so fast. It is all happening right before our eyes and people are just kind of being blind to it. Like, oh, Republicans will be Republicans. It's like the uh, the the horrible saying, boys will be boys. They're just like, oh, yeah, Republicans will be Republicans. Eh, let them do what they'll do. They're going to fuck up their own state. No, they're not just fucking up their own state. They are going to be introducing this shit in the national level that is going to be fucking up everything else. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it's just, it's so asinine that people are so complacent and so willing to be asleep. You yeah. know, let's talk about woke for a second. What did that word actually come from? Because so many, I there was this, I've been watching this incredible two-part video I see series on YouTube by Shanspear. Love you, Shanspear. Shout out to Shanspear called The War on Woke. And like talking about the origins of that word and how right wing media pundits have misconstrued the origin of that word. What? But let's let's talk. But this is my source here. What did woke actually mean before it was co opted by the right? Woke was a term co opted as early back from the 1920s. Again, quoting Shanspear here and and her research. Woke originally as early back as the 1920s was a term predominantly used by Black people in the United States to be woke to the problem, to be woke to systems of oppression, to be woke and aware against white supremacy. Yeah, its exact definition was to be alert to racial prejudice and discrimination. Exactly. That's all and, what it means. And in, a, and in a broader context of marginalized peoples, not just racial minorities but sexual minorities religious minorities we are all fighting the same beast here and for the people and i i really don't want this episode to be like the oh god we're so fucked episode no this episode should light a f- we, 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 we are fucked but this would also light a fire under your ass yeah because if fear is normal it's a normal response it's okay to feel that way when you see shit like this but doing nothing, silence is death. Silence it has always is death. Silence is death. That's what queer organizations were saying during the AIDS crisis when so many of our community members, trans women, trans men, queer people were being left for dead and left behind while a virus took more than half of a generation of people. 
You ask yourselves why there are no Gen X people, why there are no Gen X gays. They're all dead. Exactly. Silence is death and our people are at risk. And if this is not your fucking wake up call, go to hell. Exactly. So my takeaway is that, and I say it all the time, I say it all the time. You need to pay attention to local politics. All of this shit is happening in local politics. All of this shit is happening at your school board meetings. All of this shit at is your happening right where you live. That is where it starts. That is where it's rooted. And it grows from there to the national level. It's not like these dumbasses in the House and the Senate think up these ideas to be like, ah, we will oppress the gays today. No, it rises up from the bottom. It rises up from the local level. So you need to stay involved. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, follow follow numerous organizations, support your local queer and uh, trans advocating nonprofits, um, mutual aid groups as well. Mutual aid is a very important thing that we need to start talking about more in our society and normalizing because I do think that that is a key component in reconstructing a post-capitalist society in a healthy way. Um, and we'll talk more about that in a later episode, but focus more on mutual aid and assisting one another as a community. Um Stay involved with your local politics, like Noah said. Get involved in organizations. Watch queer media, trans media. Listen to our voices. Platform us. Give us a space to tell our stories and let us determine our lives the way we want them to be. And we we might not all agree on everything, but we all deserve the right and dignity to live in peace like everyone else. And yeah. that can't happen if the people in power, the people that are should be our allies, are not fighting alongside us. So exactly. I'm going to echo what Noah said. Stay involved. Pay attention. And uh, I mean, not to sound cheesy or co-opt uh, BIPOC language, but uh, stay woke, man. Stay woke. Literally. Stay yeah. woke. That's literally what you have to do. Like, I don't know what stay else to alert. tell you. And stay in the knowledge about prejudice, racism, and all of the horrible shit that is happening. Because if you're aware, they can't, they can't take us down. <laughs> yeah, and right. be joyful. Exactly. Be joyful in your activism. Like, I know that this is a hard time and seeing shit like this is going to bog you down. And yeah, I'm emotional and pissed and on the verge of tears. But like, you know, and while, the, again, normal response, but normalize joy in your activism. I feel yeah. like that's such a huge, the most powerful emotion to combat fear and hate is love. Radical love of yourself, your community, and joy. So when you see these bills, it should light a fire under your ass and you should get pissed. You should also be joyful and fight for love. Fight exactly. for us. Exactly. I don't know how to transition out of that into this, but hey, follow us on social media. Alexander and I post a whole bunch of stuff about how you can help the queer community and how you can stay involved in your local politics. So all of our socials are down below. Love you, Alexander. I love you too, Noah. Catch you all next week.